The scripture reading today is from the 32nd chapter of Exodus, verses 1 through 23. When the people saw that, Mo <clears throat> that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us, who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, formed it in a mold, and cast an image of a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. He rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once. Your people, whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf, and have worshipped it, and sacrificed to it, and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone, so that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and of you I shall make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, It was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath, Change your mind and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he had planned to bring on his people. Then Moses turned and went down from the mountain, carrying the two tablets of the covenant in his hands, tablets that were written on both sides, written on the front and on the back. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved upon the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, it is not the sound made by victors or the sound made by losers. It is the sound of revelers that I hear. As soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf a dancing, Moses' anger burned hot, and he threw the tablets from his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made, burned it with fire, ground it to a powder, scattered it on the water, and made the Israelites drink it. Moses said to Aaron, 
What did this people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people, but they are bent on evil. They said to me, Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. This is the word of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Compassionate God, all creation delights in your presence through your word. May the wisdom of your spirit bring understanding into our minds and truth into our hearts, that we may see how to praise and serve you through the example of your son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Have you ever made a promise and then gone back on your word and broken that promise? I'll bet just about everyone here in this room has done that at least once. And I'm not talking about the small stuff like promising to call the moving company or to pick up the dog's medicine at the vet's office. Two things I agreed to do this week and then I blew it. I forgot. Sorry, honey. I'm not talking about the little things. I'm talking about big things, big promises, big broken promises that ripple throughout your life for days, weeks, months, or even years. It isn't always deliberate. You can start off with the best of intentions. But sometimes circumstances change and something just happens. I went to seminary with a guy who was a second career pastor. I think his first, pa- his first career was business or sales or something like that. Bill always seemed to be alone on campus. And that's a really hard thing to do in a seminary situation because everyone who is there has this intrinsic need to help everyone else. We are always in each other's business. I never heard Bill talk about family, though. I rarely heard him talk to anyone at all. So one day at lunch, I decided to sit with him. We sat and ate in silence for quite a while. I kept trying to bring up topics that he would quickly rebuff. And I was just at the point where I was about to pull out a book and start reading when I asked Bill about his weekend plans. All of a sudden, Bill started talking, really talking. He told me he had a daughter, and in fact, she was getting married that coming weekend. I congratulated him, and he smiled sadly and looked down and shook his head and said, I won't be going to the wedding. Bill went on to say that he had divorced his daughter's mother when she was quite young, and he spent a lot of his time working tons of hours to support the three of them. He missed many of her milestone events as she grew up, because he wasn't in town for them. For her 16th birthday, Bill promised her, promised her, promised her that he would be there to celebrate. And he said, once again, I was traveling on business. I promised her I'd be back in time. But I wasn't just in another city. I was in another country. I was on another continent. I had my reservation scheduled, so I'd be there just, just in time for her party. But then at the last minute, the client asked me to postpone my departure and stay 24 more hours. 
I didn't see that there was really any choice except to say yes. There was no way my company was going to allow me to leave right in the middle of negotiations to fly halfway around the world for my daughter's birthday party. I called her at her mother's house, apologized, tried to explain. My daughter didn't want to hear it. I've called, I've written. There's nothing but hostility there. And it's been 10 years. 10 years. And now Bill's daughter's stepfather would be the one walking his daughter down the aisle that weekend. You can point to Bill's daughter and say she shouldn't have been so, so cruel and, and not understanding and what happened. But the thing is, is I got the sense from Bill that there was more to this than that. I think when Bill broke his promise, he disappointed himself almost as much, if not more, than he disappointed his daughter. He stayed on his business trip. He prioritized work over his family. He saved his career. But for what? Here he was 10 years later in seminary, starting a whole new career. There were a number of covenants that were made in Scripture. And covenant is just a fancy name for a promise. The covenant promise that God made with Moses is about 4,000 years old. And God called Moses up to the top of a mountain. They met face to face, not something that you see very often in Scripture. Not many people had ever seen God face to face. And God asked Moses, the one he had called to lead his people out of slavery and out of Egypt, God called Moses to set up a promise a special relationship between God and the people of Israel. This relationship would mark them as God's chosen people. A few chapters before the scripture we read today, God said this to Moses, Now therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, all of you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples, Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you, you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. When the people heard this offer from God through Moses, they were so happy. Yes, yes, we agree. We promise to obey your voice and keep your covenant. We will do everything, everything you tell us to do. So Moses returned to God up on the mountain, and they hammered out the fine print for the contract on this promise. And when I say hammered, I mean literally hammered it out. They wrote it on stone, two stone tablets containing the Ten Commandments, written, the scripture says, by the finger of God, etched onto stone, written in stone. Anything written in stone in the ancient world carried a lot of weight. Writing things in stone made them permanent to that culture, secure, eternal. So when God etched those ten rules in stone, the ones the people had promised to follow, remember, before even reading them or hearing them, well, God was intending that they be permanent. I don't know if you've ever had something engraved, but usually you have to drop it off and then it takes time, and then you go back and pick it up. Well, it took even longer back then, apparently, as Moses and God negotiated and drew up the final contract. It took 40 days. 
And the people of Israel, waiting for Moses at the bottom of the mountain, well, they got pretty antsy. They decided Moses was a goner. So Aaron, sweet Aaron, they go to Aaron, and Aaron decided to fix things. Give me all your jewelry, he said. Let's make a new god, a golden calf for us to worship. Something that we can all worship and believe in, that we can see, it's tangible. And the people, they decided to go along with Aaron, even though just days before, remember, they had made a promise to be God's people. Now they were going to be cow people. God sent Moses down the mountain, warning Moses that things were not going as planned down below. And Moses arrived to a party going on. Singing, dancing, drinking, worshiping a golden calf. Moses was not happy. He threw down the tablets and broke them into a thousand pieces. Just as the prophets of Israel had quickly and thoroughly broken, just as the people of Israel had quickly and thoroughly broken their promise, Moses broke those tablets into shards, breaking the seal of that covenant, that promise, forever. Or was it forever? I can kind of picture the people of Israel leaning over and picking up the shards, the pieces, and looking at them, picking up those promises that were now broken, tears in their eyes, holding onto a piece of what could have been, comparing what they each found, trying to put it back together like some crazy jigsaw puzzle. Did you get a piece with God's handwriting on it? I imagine they were filled with grief and shame and guilt, much like my classmate Bill, who had broken his promise to his daughter. Maybe, maybe Moses broke the tablets, but they, God's people, had broken their promise. It's kind of easy today to look back with hindsight and sort of make fun of those Israelites who were dancing without any inhibitions as they flaunted the fact that they were breaking their promise with God. We can sit here 4,000 years later and offer judgment. How ridiculous were they, after all? A little more than a month in, and they've already messed it up. We can sit here and flaunt it, but, but can we, really? I mean, is there anyone in this room who has never, ever broken one of God's laws? Ever? Commandments tell us that God alone is our God. And we nod and say, yes, of course God is. But what things end up in the center of our lives? pushing God out to the edge? Is it our career, our status, our popularity, our hobbies, our family? All these, some of them are really great and awesome things, but they can push God out of the center of our lives, can't they? And then the commandments tell us to honor our parents, and I think most of us do that most of the time, but I know I messed up on that one. From time to time, I didn't always obey my parents. I wasn't always honest about what I was doing and who I was with in high school. I see many of us struggling to love and honor our aging parents when our roles have all of a sudden become reversed and we have to care for them. It's hard, that reversal of roles. 
Then there's the commandment about bearing false witness. Well, that means lying. Now, that's one we can pretty easily tackle. Recent polls say 91% of the U.S. population lies regularly. The news cycle is full of articles about politicians who lie from both parties. This is a bipartisan issue, right? The commandments don't say anything about the one who lies more than the other. It simply says, you will not lie. Do not steal. Well, I'm pretty confident that most of us don't steal on a regular basis, but have you ever fudged a little on your income taxes? Have you ever stolen someone's answers to homework? Have you ever shared your homework with someone else? That is stealing. You're stealing someone's educational opportunity. We pretend that there's a gray area here when really it's much more black and white than we want to admit. Do not commit adultery. Well, this isn't the easiest category to gather information on. See my previous section on lying for more information on that one. But according to our best estimates, 35 to 40% of men and 20 to 25% of women have committed adultery. And unfortunately, religious affiliation makes no impact on this statistic. In fact, some of the polls I looked at made it seem worse. So yes, we have all broken commandments because we are broken people. We've done and said things we shouldn't, which is why God had a plan B, right? God sent Jesus to us, a Savior, not just in name, but in action, who's going to save us from our brokenness. I asked you to pick up a rock on the way in. I want you to look at it. Notice that your rock is unique. There's no one in here who has two rocks that are alike. Yours might be rough or broken or jagged. It might have sharp edges. Have you ever felt like you had sharp edges? You have a choice with what to do with this stone today. You can hang on to it as a reminder of all you've done that is painful and weighing you down, like my classmate Bill. You could put it somewhere as a visual reminder of your brokenness that you see every day. But I think God had another plan. You can do what God intended when God sent Jesus to us. You can let it go and start over, fresh and new. You can confess and lay your stone at the foot of this cross. You can hand all of it over to the only one who was meant to carry it. Our prayers of confession throughout this Lenten season will give you the option of bringing a stone forward each and every service and laying it here as we sing the song, Come Ye Sinner, Poor and Needy. If you want to bring your stone forward but feel like you can't physically do that, our ushers will have baskets that you can put your stone in the basket and they will bring it forward. Just raise your hand at them. We do all this as a reminder, because each week, God invites us to bring to this sanctuary and place at the foot of the cross our burdens and our brokenness, our bruised and hurting self-image, our fears, our shame, our doubt, and our anxieties. All the things, all the things that are separating us from God. So come as you are ready. Place all your brokenness here. Amen.